This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Saw that, especially that top line. Uh, they had five or six chances there through the first two periods. So kind of got that straightened away a little bit in the third and did a better job of kind of keeping people in front of us. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, we had talked, you know, we've always talked about, uh, you know, playing tight games, 2-1 games, finding ways to, uh, you know, to finish them off. And that's what we were going into the third period, and we did a great job of bringing it home. Associate coach Scott Arneal there filling in for Rick Bonus, still away. Uh, his wife, Judy, of course, uh, having that seizure on Sunday. He's on a leave of absence, no timeline for that. Uh, so uh, Rick Bonus away. Scott Arneal has stepped in. Uh, as the uh, associate coach and uh, watched over a 4-2 victory. I'm sure Rick was watching too as well. Watching over a 4-2 victory uh, from the Winnipeg Jets over the St. Louis Blues. Joined by my co-host, Jim Toll. Jim, how you doing? I'm well. Happy uh, Wednesday. We missed oh. Terrific Tuesday yesterday, but it turned we out did. to be a Terrific Tuesday because it was Frozen Frenzy, <laughs> Tequila, Taco Tuesday. But anyway, happy Wednesday. Movie Tuesday, there's a long, long list. Doesn't get longer. Long, rich history of Tuesday that's been ignored for too long. Uh, Yeah, it's Wednesday. Good game last night. Yeah, no, good game. Uh, What were your thoughts on it there, Jim? Uh, It was impressed. Like, it's kind of thoughts. That's kind of how I thought. Uh, It was a good game for the Jets. I like how they got the lead. I like the way Mm -hmm. they played. Um, uh, Special teams looked okay. Uh, I think the second period was a little loosey. Well, I was going to say loosey goosey, but that's can't that's an old term. I'll say a little loose than what the coach. Why can't you say loosey goosey? I don't know what is loosey. You trying to age? You're afraid to age yourself? Yeah, or something? I am. Yeah, I'm trying to capture. Okay, my well, youth. I think loosey goosey's so still okay. I, I thought the second period wasn't as sick as it could have been. <laughs> you know, I think I think that the kids have already moved on from sick. That was more oh. my generation. Oh, so I what's... can't even lit. I don't know. Lit, I think, is even lit now. Lit's old. Oh, I think. lit'll last forever. Jeffrey Forche. Second Bruce period wasn't exactly lit. Is it money? What do the kids say these money. days? There's so money. That's uh, all too. You see, uh, I'm not quite sure what they say. What when you're out kids... cutting a rug at the club and you like a good tune, what do you say Tamana to Tamana Kang, are you in that room? This tune is... She is. Okay, Tamana, come come to the mic real quick. Nobody wants to be involved What are the in kids right saying? Now. Are they saying... What do the kids are they, say? Are they saying the game wasn't... It was too loosey-goosey. It wasn't... Uh, loosey-goosey? It was too loosey-goosey the second. It's not sick. It's what are the kids saying these days? Like, are we talking about in a good context? Fire! We got a fire. Oh, yeah. oh, they do say fire. Yeah, the second period wasn't as fire as the I first and third. But well, now we'll move on. Okay, the third, Thank was, you, third period was fire. I thought it was a good... Th- I thought You know what? I thought it was a good game. We went to the experts and... We went to the experts. But I thought it was a good game. I, 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 look, I might be disappointed. I thought the they experts. were. Yeah, I thought they it would say be. They say lit, man. Lit. Oh, That's God. so lit. Oh, God. These, how are we the youngest people in the station right now? Are you joking? I the think, youngest people in the station? Yeah. I'm sitting there in the newsroom with a bunch of people that are 20 years old, yeah, constantly talking around me. They don't know that lit is over. Oh, okay. Well, then you Even know. Even we know this. I knew that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, Regardless, back to the game. Focus here. Uh, I thought it was a good game. How it would uh, how it would go? Oh, we got a on fleek. Is that oh tie? Is that a term on fleek? I've I've never heard that before. No, now I feel a thousand years old. Okay, 
we, we could do a whole show on <laughs> stuff that like we've that have moved past us. If anyone's still listening to hear about hockey, <laughs> um, uh, I look. I thought it would be a one goal game with an empty netter or, or like yeah. a four two game, and and that's kind of what it was. So I like the way they played. Their their consistency of carried over a little bit. They weren't um, as busy with the shots. Connor Hellebuck wasn't, but. That's two games in a row, right? Like, that's Connor Hellebuck. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. Do we feel ridiculous for four games in going, well, it's too many goals a game? Like, we knew he would round out. Well, I'm totally. not saying he's there, but we. it's always funny with Connor Hellebuck because you've always seen way more greatness than you've seen failures. And yet we always – that's what you do with great players. The minute they have a bad game or let in a bad goal, you're like, oh, not again. Yeah. Because you rarely see it. So I thought he was dynamic again last night. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was sharp when he needed to be sharp. Yeah, and, but- and I'm, I'm not harping on Josh Morrissey, but that was a huge mistake. Uh, at the end of the game. And it was a lucky bounce, like when the puck got centered and yep. it went off a jet player right yep, to Thomas. But that's like that's what I, I, I pointed out, not to harp on Morrissey, of course. He's one of the best uh, in the league. I'm pointing it out because those things happen to good players. Like that's the that's hockey. Mm-hmm. So overall, I, I thought they, they had a really good game, and I look forward to Detroit. Like Detroit's no joke out of the gate here. DeBrincat is playing out of his mind. The Detroit Red Wings, we're going to get into this. We're going to do an around the league sort of thing. We got Chris already texting us 204-780-6868 asking, is Jack Hughes for real? He's putting up huge point totals uh, with the Devils. We'll get into that in the second half of the show. Um, but uh, Detroit, yeah, they're no slouches here. I mean, they're leading the league in goals right now early on. Um, I think they got 34. I think the next closest is 28. So they've got a six-goal cushion already. Uh, they've been really putting the puck in the net. I, I'm not sure that uh, that's going to be sustainable. I, I thought Detroit was going to need at least another year before they really started to hit this stride. I figured they were going to be a good team, but well, perhaps, again, still early on. Uh, but it's going to be a good test for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, yesterday... They used again. We saw a balanced attack. Uh, we saw points from from every single of uh, the top the four lines, on this team uh, is... and they were able to shake off, as you said, Jim, some 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 lapses, some three or, or so odd man rushes in the first period, um, some some breakaways, and, and Hellebuck stood tall when he needed to when he needed to stand tall there. Um, the PK gives up another one. Is that is is that giving you pause here? Uh, Jim, or is it just sort of a situation that just no, that just happens? I mean, like power plays and penalty kills are going to go through. Lulls. Another goal it's, with the opponent's net empty too. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little. That's what I mean by the turnover yeah. from Morrissey. Like yeah. I, I think the turnover from Morrissey rarely ever happens, um, but it did. And then even with the turnover, they need a lucky bounce off a jet player to go right to Thomas. So um, I, I don't worry about that part of the penalty kill or, or empty go, empty net goal. I just think power plays and penalty kills are always going to have a lull, probably two in a season from the really good ones. Mm-hmm. So I just it, it's happening at the start of the season. There's still some really good penalty killers on this team. But, you know, we talk a lot about coaching. And the story of Rick Bonus calling David Gustafson in the summer and wishing him a good summer and, and basically, and I'm paraphrasing, saying – but you got to score some goals or, you're, or you don't have a spot on this team. Yeah. So everything you do for us is good, but you've got to produce. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a goal. Like it's been about four years through injuries and everything else since David Gustafson has gotten a goal. Almost in, in November to been four. That's got to feel good. And really, I, I think we look at this and go, the like Vili Hainola is going through this, right? So he's waited yeah. his chance. He finally gets it and he goes through this. Gustafson went through quite a bit of injuries too. That's he would get into the saying. lineup, play a couple games. 
and he would get injured. To, and take like, I have no idea what his career is going to be like. I, I think he's going to be a bona fide NHLer and play a lot. But when when things like last night happen where he gets the opening goal, it just rushes back to me that we watching from afar don't get it, that that is a grind for those many years to get to and then have a coach call you and, and really positively go, this is what we need for you to make the team. Mm-hmm. And then he actually makes a team and gets a goal. Like I said, I don't know if he's going to end the year with 12 goals and 30 points or if he's going to end the year with one goal and six points. But it just it's a really nice sidebar for a guy to, to try and realize his dream and get that many injuries and go through all that to get into it and, and, and within the first 10 games of the season get rewarded. So that's good. I mean, depth, right? Like yeah. every one of these lines, we we look at it where when Barkoff and the Florida Panthers were here, Rick Bonus said, I can throw out any line. I was happy throwing the fourth line out against yeah. them. Offensively too, like it, it, I can't emphasize how balancing out the lineup more and more. And I know some fans have been screaming um, for years now to stop playing Wheeler, Shifley, Connor so much and play the other lines. But I don't play in the past four or five years the the fourth line when I need a goal. Yeah, I just don't. I, and I don't know. But this is a lineup that I'm not going to put them out there with three minutes to go to get a goal. But if there's 12 minutes to go in a third period, I'm just going with my – I'm rolling all four lines. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that was just an issue with depth. Yeah, they, Beyond yeah, anything, so you know. That's what stood out last night. I, I thought it was a team win. Mm-hmm. And Connor Hellebuck in the post game. Went, well, I got that audio. Should I play it? Should I? If you have time. I mean, it's just – I, we I don't eight. know what it is. I could listen to him talk for hours. I, I got the audio here. Here's uh, Hellebuck on CGLB uh, talking about the breakaways and the odd man rushes and – uh, some some tips and tricks maybe he's giving out or maybe he's not. I'll, well, I don't want to give too many details because I don't want anyone to figure me out. But for the <laughs> most part, I'm letting him make the first move and making sure that I'm not opening up too much. If if I don't go hard at, at the puck and, and he's kind of deking his way into me, it's it's ideal. Um, I, I just got to make sure I don't jump at anything and give him the entire net. Connor Hellebuck could witness a building blowing up out of the blue. And a news team would show up and he'd go, well, it went up in the air and, you know, there was pieces flying everywhere and the fire was kind of hot. It was something to see. And um, that's what happened. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, you can look at it and there might be some concern for the people in there. Hope everyone got out okay. You know, it's obviously it's something you don't see every day, but then I saw it. So it might be something I see again. Uh, I'm not sure. It's just the way it is. Yeah. He was dialed in last night. um, Dialed in. And we're going to expect breakaways again. That's four breakaways in two games. Yeah. You know what? And they, now there's been some pursuit on those guys on the breakaway, but I had a thought as we go to break here, how much is, is the player not getting off a good shot? His positioning as to what he was just talking about. I think it has a lot to do with it. I think it has a lot to do with it because we've seen a lot of breakaways and odd man rushes where the other team really hasn't gotten off a a huge opportunity. And I, and I wonder how much it has to do with exactly what he was saying. They talked about that in the post game where, and and I thought that's a great point that now that it's been said, I totally agree and believe in it, but I never really thought of it before when you're on a breakaway against Connor Hellebuck, that's in your head. Yeah. And I know you have probably two seconds to think about it. Yeah. But you get a breakaway, you automatically, it crosses your mind, and then it comes to, this is Connor Hallibuck, and then you're out of time, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I'm sorry, like, if you're having a breakaway and a guy that's struggling to have a 900 save percentage, it's like, oh, I'm going to roof this baby. <laughs> but, but with Connor, it's like, what do I do? Where do I go? Mm-hmm. And Connor... 
again to the Scott Oak interview on Saturday where he says, I think I use my mind 50% of the time. I'll go, where is this going to go? And I'll do the 100 percentile chance. Let's take a break. It's kind of like uh, Josh Morrissey talking about overtime against the Oilers. It's like they're sitting there waiting for him to come over the boards. It's like, yes. were you were you aware of it? And uh, you don't have a yeah, lot of time we to were. think about it, but those are the things that go like, that's the understatement of the year. That's we noticed that Connor, that Connor McDavid was not on the ice in overtime. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Let's go around the league getting some text messages. Alex says, I agree, Jim. Look at the Oilers, no depth. That's what we're going to talk about. The Oilers, are they in trouble? The other team in Alberta, not off to too hot of a start as well. The other teams around Canada, how they doing? The Devils, we can talk about them. we got all around that. Got to talk about the frozen fr- uh, frenzy. Jim has some thoughts. I'm not going to tell you anything more, but I he's might, got some uh, thoughts. He's seen some things. It. Uh, as well, um, the Bombers announcing their team award winners. I'll tell you who those are coming up after sports. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, congratulations are in order for uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bomber team award winners. Most outstanding player. Running back Brady Oliveira getting a nod from the Bombers uh, in uh, voting conducted by members of the local chapter of the Football Reporters of Canada and the league's head coach. Uh, outstanding Canadian player, also Brady Oliveira. Outstanding defensive player, defensive end Willie Jefferson. Outstanding offensive lineman, uh, right tackle Jamarcus Hardrick. Outstanding special teams player, place kicker Sergio Castillo. And outstanding rookie punter Jameson Sheehan. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, Brady Oliveira has been unbelievable. Oliveira, sorry. Brady Oliveira has been outstanding this year. and Almost 2,000 yards all purpose. See, here's what I wonder. Zach is on par for what he's been the past two MOP seasons. Mm -hmm. And Brady has just been exceptional compared to what he's been. And I wonder if that could have forced the issue or not. I also wonder, and this is just I think Brady's just been that good. If Zach's gone, give it to him. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. 204 no, 780 The kind of guy he is. The kind of guy he kind is. Of guy Frozen he is. Frenzy will go around the league. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Yesterday was the Frozen Frenzy. All 32 teams in the National Hockey League duking it out. 16 games spread out across the evening. Goals going all the way to like, I think the last goal last night was like at 145 Eastern time, so 1245 our yeah. time. Um, Jim, have you have you softened your well, your initial stance on you know, your your anger, your hatred, your your uh, visceral di- uh, uh, disgust? I, I, may, be, I may be over exaggerating. I might be hyperbolic here, Jim, but uh I gotta be honest with you. I got caught up. Jamie Thomas came on, he was angry and spewing. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. Jamie Thomas is an angry man. And then I I, I believed it. And I'm like, you know, there's 745 for people trying to get kids to the arena and, and we know the attendance eleven thousand one and you're trying to yeah, sell yeah. tickets, moving these times around doesn't help, all that kind of stuff. And how like if you're a flyers Fan, you're sitting in Philadelphia last night waiting for a puck drop at 11 p.m. to start the game. And I'm like, this is just... But as I... Sean Reynolds came on my show yesterday and he's like, you sounded like the old man yelling, get off my lawn. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just let this happen and see what how I feel. Now, it wasn't in Canada. 
So it was really hard to get on board with this and take it all in and do this. I agree. The other thing is, is I my days of going home and deciding, should I make dinner, lay on the couch for three hours, order something, and just flip channels are over. Yeah. They're over, Cam. They're gone. I mean, yeah. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I this got is a family my, now. This is my life. This is my life. Um, this is what I. This so is what I do. I, this is I, what I do. Look, when I'm wrong, I've, I have no problem admitting that I'm wrong or I was way off base. Yeah. I don't know if I'm wrong about this, but I just I get the local market angle. But the league is more than just the local markets, and to have a day like this and to highlight it. And although I disagree with having one game tonight, and one game Monday, and not having three or four, and making mm-hmm. the. That like Philadelphia can't play Washington and have an hour flight because they're in Vegas and all yeah. that. But now that I rethought about it and saw some of the excitement in the States about it yeah. and how people were pumped and jacked, and I do believe it got viewers, I have changed my mind a little bit on this. Not a little bit. I've changed my mind a lot on it. I'm still not sold because I didn't see it here in Canada. Yeah. And we couldn't do it ourselves. And while I'm making dinner and while I'm putting lunches yeah. away and stuff, like I would like to have a game on. That would be awesome. But it wasn't here in Canada. But from what I read and heard in the States, it was a big hit. So I, I have softened a lot on it. Um, the start time here. I think you can. I, I the the real thing I've softened on is a seven forty five puck drop here. I think Jets fans can deal with that once or twice a year if it helps grow the game across North America. And I think it did that last night. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and what I said yesterday was six fifteen. You know, seven fifteen. I think that would make more sense uh, for those all those reasons that did you explained before. And I I kind of looked at this and been like, you know, we we're so hard on the national hockey league for not trying anything new. They try something new. It seems to have been a success. I didn't think it should be on a Tuesday. I thought it should be on a Saturday or another day, uh, particularly, you know, with the, with the tip off of the NBA, you have game seven, um, in, in the national yeah, league, the thing and- you know, so, and I understand that there's, you know, there's fans of all other sports and you can't just make decisions based on what the other sports are doing, but I thought it would be better suited for a, a, a Saturday, but then, you know, you're the first Saturday but, with the NBA, yeah. college football. Um, you're going to be game two of the World Series is going to be on Saturday. So, you know, it, it was pointed it, out to me, though, Cam, like on Saturdays. And this is why I made fun of my days of laying on a couch and flipping channels or stuff like that. It, predominantly, there's not the the major demo of the NHL can't do that anyway. Yeah. They have kids. They have this. They have that. Like the, the idea of somebody on a Saturday. Even even single people who have things to do and groceries to buy and reefs to lay, leaves to rake and stuff <laughs> um, can't like just watch that many games. So the idea of a Tuesday has has changed me a little bit as okay. well. Well, that's a good point. Um, but like time is of such an essence for the sport fan now. It truly is, and that's why Major League Baseball has made some changes. The idea of keeping your attention for longer than three hours is asinine. Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, have people sort of glued to you for that. So, but then I thought of March Madness, which I love, but also part of the problem with March Madness is the, like I, if I'm into a game, I hate going back to the tip off of another one, stuff like that. But my point to this is, is I, I think Sean Reynolds had a great point and I've come around to it too. It, it went over well in the States from what I read and that's what it was meant to do, right? It was meant to get some eyeballs on that. And here's my one thing about any pro sport. I like that the CFL moves some games to Saturday, the Bangible, the Labor Day Classic, and not affect the NFL. But I don't like it because the CFL can't, quote unquote, stand on its own. I like it because you're appealing to the football fan. I agree with that. If you if you want to watch NFL on Sunday, you shouldn't have to choose if you can fix it. 
and having CFL playoff games on a Saturday is brilliant because now you're appealing to the football fan. See, what they should do, the CFL should tell the NFL, hey, guys, come on the Sunday, let us play Sunday, and you guys can do Saturday. Why don't share you, Saturday why don't you college move football. week nine of the NFL Just do it on Saturday to Saturday Yeah, and then and tell college football to do it on a Thursday because so college kids love going out and getting bombed on a Thursday. That's right, and then it doesn't get in the way of exactly. people watching the CFL playoffs. Yeah. But I, I do honestly, I... I think leagues need to stand on their own. So the fact that there was two NBA games and tip off, I like, I've come around on that too. You have to go, this is us. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get you to watch our game. And we love the fact that some of you already do and everything like that. But you have to believe in yourself a little bit as well as try to work around things. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, yep. and what it all comes down to is the fan. You're not going to appease every fan, but if you can appease the majority of your fans, like football and moving some games around, and hockey and stuff. So it was a huge hit down south. And the things I read in Canada where people were annoyed, they couldn't watch it here. They wanted to. So I've come around on it. Uh, I think you're going to see more of this in the in the NFL and the NHL. I'm not I sure. think so too. I'm not sure when. I think obviously next year. Um, I don't think this happens again this year, Jim. If Correct me if I'm wrong there. I don't think it does. Uh, but I think you'll probably see this. I, I wouldn't say it'll be every Tuesday, but I think the National Hockey League is going to is going to try to make this uh, you know something that would become more normalized uh, in 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 hockey. Okay, let's go around the league a little bit here. Let's start with the team that is going to be that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be taking on uh, tomorrow in Detroit, leading the league in goals, thirty four, six higher than the next one. Are you surprised by the success the Detroit Red Wings have had so far this I season? I am. Yeah, I mean, second a- place in the Atlantic, only behind the uh, undefeated Boston Bruins, who are just as good as they were last year, seemingly. Well, the start was talking about this with John Shannon this morning on 680 CJOB, and, and this is what this was the game that kind of derailed things last year. They went to Detroit. They got down by a lot. They made it a game and I think lost something like 8-6. And Detroit was the game that, you know, the, that it all kind of started falling apart for them. But I am surprised. I, I, I mean, I'm, I am surprised and I'm not. Buffalo, Detroit, mm-hmm. these are the teams, and Ottawa, these are the teams that I think are going to be very good. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, I don't know if it's this year. I still not sold on them at 5-1-1, one, one, but they're off to a great start. And I think if it's not this year, next year, that they will push for the playoffs. Now, equally, so here's the question. Are you more surprised at Detroit's start or Buffalo's? Because Buffalo is 3-4. and four. Yeah. And I thought Buffalo was going to be... Playoff bound this year. I'm more surprised. And there's still with, time, but I'm more surprised with Detroit. Honestly, so am I. I, I thought Detroit was going to be a little bit slower. I, I I said this many times. I thought Detroit was going to need another year to figure things out, and I expected a really good season from Buffalo. Um, so, uh, but I would say I'm more surprised that Detroit has 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 gotten to where they are seven games into it. Um, the Sabers. We we got to wait and see what's going on there. I I, I think that they just have issues with, with net with goaltending. That's that's yeah. going to come up. They got young goalies. It's just, it's going to hold them back a little and bit. And that leads us back to, I wonder what the summer was like and some of the conversations. How heavy they were going the, in. The distance traveled for the Jets and Connor Hellebuck and some of the other teams in the league. I don't even we'll know if Buffalo know. was interested. I don't. But how could you not be? Um, and I just, again, from from April... To, to, to training camp, I wonder the distance traveled between the organization and other organizations and everything like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. 204-780-6868, Edmonton. Trouble 
They lose again. They give up five goals in the fourth. They take three too many men penalties yesterday, uh, losing to the Minnesota Wild seven to four. Too uh, many men. There was three too many men calls against them. That's amateur hour. That's I. That's a very ex. You're not going to win a game that that happens in. You're not. You're not engaged. Well, that tells you about focus. Yeah. If you take one, like that could be on the coach or whoever's jumping. When's the last time you heard that? I don't think that's ever happened before. I've I, never I, I, heard I bet that. It has. I've, I've been never it has, heard that but, before. But that's insane. Um, and so they, they, you know, they're dealing without Connor McDavid's going to miss a week to two weeks, whatever. They don't. The NHL doesn't like to tell us uh, injuries or anything like that. They like to keep that kind of stuff secret. Um, but. Uh, what do you think about the 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 Edmonton Oilers? I mean, they're off to a, a start now. Um, they're they're one four and one over their first six games. What are your thoughts on them? Well, I don't know. Like, I they're not deep like the Jets. They really aren't. Um, Warren Fogle has. been... Oh, I'm sorry. There was four. No, no, too many men calls. I'm looking at it. I thought it was only three. There was actually four. To the Oilers? Oh, no, sorry. No, there was three on the Oilers. There was one uh, for the Wild. I'm just counting them up here. just wanted to double-check my little stat. There was three. I don't, one I don't know Wild. if that's ever happened. In the National Hockey League, one team being called for too many men three times in one game. I couldn't think of it. If you can find that, send us to a text, 204-780-6868. Wow. Are you worried about um, it? The Oilers won four and one with no McDavid for a week to two weeks. Uh it exposes in, what we all add knew. Add in Evander Kane's not happy. Add in Connor Surprise. Brown, and and I got a lot of time for Connor Brown because he hasn't played in over a year or close to that. But that's been a disaster so far. No yeah. offense to him, but he's aver- he's been demoted and he's averaging 14 minutes from being on a line with McDavid. Hey, hey McDavid wanted him there. That was uh, you know the player saying, "Hey, bring this guy here." That was what that was. Yeah, um, and so he tried told to keep the story McDavid on after, after hours two weeks ago where him and McDavid and their wives or spouses or partners had dinner in Toronto and he laid it out of where they're at and what he wanted. And, and so Connor Brown signed there. Um, I just, or went there. Uh, I, I saw this yesterday. Are they overrated? Are they? Well, I think they're a much different team. It goes without saying, without Connor McDavid. I'll tell you ice. this: I will, regardless take, of how good Leon Drysaitel and Evan Bouchard and Zach, like they got a good team, but they get exposed very, very quickly. Um, I will take a depth good team over a high end like the. So my point is, Carolina's three and four. I believe a thousand times more in Carolina than I do Edmonton. When you have you have Leon Drysaitel at eight million dollars for next this year and next year. And Connor McDavid, I think, was at 12 and a half. That's, that's exactly what he's worth. I don't think it's like, oh, we're paying our top guys too much money. I don't see that. It, I mean, Darnell Nurse no, is no. getting overpaid. That is, that is right. Yeah. What is wrong is Jack Campbell at five. What is wrong is Darnell Nurse at nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cam, that's $14 million that you could even out this lineup with. How much is Alex Iafalo? How much is R- Rasmus Kupari? Yeah. Depth matters. And the, and I'll tell you this too, if they had some depth, like if they had a bottom six, maybe like the Jets, maybe even, but if they had a bottom six that could contribute every third game, that top six would put up even bigger numbers. They, got- they, I truly believe that. And now the bottom six isn't putting up much. Dry Settle and McDavid are getting theirs. Zach Hyman, I love. I think he's a phenomenal player, and I think he's been the Oilers' best player this year. 
Mm-hmm. And that's saying something. Best all-round player, in my opinion, of the three games I've seen, Zach Hyman has been their best player. But he came out a huge – like, what do they need? Well, he's five and a half. He, he's performed that. I know he's playing with Oh, he's players. living yeah. up to his contract, yeah. but – I, I don't know. Like they it's can't. The, it's the Darnell Nurse. That that's the one that's. And Evander Kane. Remember when Evander Kane signed that extension and he was complaining about the cap and said that like yeah I, I'm taking less than I'm worth at five million. Yeah. Well, now you're in the third line, Evander, and you're not happy with your ice time. Yeah, surprise, it's. Surprise. I'll say this. It's never Evander's fault. No. He's perfect. Him being demoted and having less ice time and not producing is never a Vander's It's fault. tough to be that perfect. It's always somebody else's issue. It's never, you know what? I guess I got to work harder. I guess I'm here with this extremely talented team and I'm not contributing. I guess I will do something to work with two of the best players in the world and make this work so we can start piling up the wins. It's always... I don't have enough ice time. It's never his fault. Well, you have to have a shred. And he knew that was coming, right? You have to have a shred of humility to be able to say that. I don't think he has any of that. Uh, the Calgary Flames. Oh. Nazem Kadri's got one assist. Jonathan Huberto, better than last year. Two goals, two assists. Jacob Markstrom, eight nine seven save percentage. You seem like the only time he played well was against the Jets this year. Um, you have Lindholm. He's got six points. Hannafin is off to a pretty good start, too, with four assists. Those two guys uh, a part of a group of eight UFAs um, uh, on the team right now, Jim. And I ask you this question. Is this what happens when you don't? And the Jets did this. Like, listen, Pierre-Luc Dubois, the four big questions. Pierre-Luc Dubois was traded to Los Angeles. Blake Wheeler was bought out, subsequently signed with the Rangers. Before the puck dropped on the season, Connor Hellebuck, Mark Scheifele, both signing seven-year, $8.5 million deals. We saw Michael Backlund sign with the Calgary Flames. He becomes the captain. But he was really only one of those big pieces that Calgary had big question marks around that there was any sort of decisive move made on. He re-signed with the team. History repeats itself. Is this what happens when you don't have all those off-season loose ends tied up? I don't know. I don't know if Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin are going. They would have locked me up by now. Or I don't know if it's they want to lock me up, but they're not willing to go that high. I I don't know what's going on there, but history is repeating itself with this Calgary Flames edition. And I go back to 0405. I've told this story before. They went to the cup finals and lost in game seven to Tampa Bay. They came back the next year and Daryl Sutter was wearing on them. Mm-hmm. And the stories I heard from a couple of people I knew that was in the media at the time went to management and said, we're sick of Daryl. That's enough. And so they got rid of Daryl and brought in Jim Playfair. And after another year of futility, they went back to management. When I say they, Jerome McGinley, mm-hmm. and went back to management in the offseason and they said, we get it. I, I don't know if he said this, but he said, we're, we need to be road hard and, and get the best out of us. Because at the time, they were essentially Mika Kiprasov. Jerome McGinley and 19 grinders. Yeah. And so he we got it. And that's when they brought in Mike Keenan. So they got rid of Sutter, Playfair, then Keenan. I'm seeing this happen with Calgary again. You under Sutter, you had a phenomenal year. And then you lost to the Oilers. You shouldn't have, but you did. They were the better team. No they doubt. were the better team. You lost to the Oilers. Were. Then you come back and you just can't stand Daryl. So Daryl's gone now. And what did Coleman say, or what did Zadaroff say in the pregame yesterday? You don't like the hard coach. You don't like the soft coach. You don't like the good coach. There's something in that room. And Coleman tried to step it back last night in the postgame for the Flames and say, no, his words sometimes out of context, blah, blah, blah. They have issues there. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's not a Calgary Flames issue. I think this goes on a lot in the NHL. John Shannon spoke about this today on our station about the culture. And and uh, so did Paul Edmonds in the about the Jets. And yeah. we've, we've heard the rumors and all this, but none of us actually know. No. But they seem to be tighter than ever. And I wonder in Calgary and other places where there's just some player. I don't know. There's a lot of individuality in, a t- in this team sport lately. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on in Calgary. We'll be right back. Is Jack Hughes for real? One of our texters says, we'll answer that question when we come back. He's on fire. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Micro break here. Jim Toth, final segment. Only about 45 seconds here. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, they're going to be back in action. Uh, they're going to be playing the Washington Capitals. Um, the Devils, Jack Hughes, four goals, 10 assists, 14 points in five games. Plus minus zero. We had a texter saying, is he for real? He is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. Absolutely, he is. Debrinkat, I think, will slow down, but Debrinkat is in the right situation. That was a smart deal by him going home to Detroit, but playing with Dylan Larkin for the next six years, I, I think he might slow down this pace, but he is out of this world right now, too. Yeah, Hughes, tell, Hughes and Debrinkat are brilliant. Well, you know what? And that that's what a lot of this goes into when you're trying to sell and – you know, look at who you're going to play with. And these are the players that you're going to be on a line with. And, you know, things and start Tyler to make Toffoli, more sense. And Tyler right? Yep. Like, he was up for, <laughs> they traded him, and you think he's unhappy there? Jeffrey Fortier, thank you so much for producing the show today. Jim Toth will take you all the way until 3 o'clock. I'm off tomorrow. I will be back on Friday. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.